Welcome to the Secret Lair Drive-In with your hosts, D-Dub and Stratosphere. The Secret Lair Drive-In is dedicated to bringing you the finest in B-movie entertainment news and reviews. And now, on with the show. Beach set twists to the big beat sound of the Del Airs, swinging out with six rocking hits. While the cycle gangs burn up the road and strong arm their way into the party with fists flying, while teenagers prepare for a secluded slumber party, terror strikes from the bottom of the sea. An invasion of ghoulish atomic beasts who live off human blood. Again and again, the fiendish monsters struck like nothing that ever stalked this earth. An entire city in the throes of panic and the mercy of demons from the dead. Welcome, welcome, and this is episode 20 of the Secret Lair Drive-In. I am your host, your fearless leader, D-Dub, and alongside me, my co-host, or how did you put it last week? Partner in crime? Uh, I, well, that'll work. Okay. But Stratosphere. Thanks, folks. How you doing? Okay, and this week, our movie is... The Horror of Party Beach. And yes, it's going to be a, th- a theme this week because in our sister podcast, Geeks Explain It All, we will be doing our tribute to surf music. So we're, we're just going to get down with the kahunas and the wahinis and uh, boogie till we puke. That's right. <laughs> I can't even add, add anything to that. Okay. Well, the best place to start with these films would be... The plot. The plot. I don't know about this one. It, it Plot's arguably the weakest thing of it, but uh, let's go with it. See, the movie starts with our our lead character, Hank, and his immature girlfriend, Tina. And they, they have a neat little scene where they do a lot of, oh, yeah, mister, 
type of dialogue. Yeah, this is after over the opening credits where it shows them basically just booking down the road in a in a convertible. Yeah, surrounded by bikers. Yeah. This 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 movie really likes to be all things to all people in a weird odd sort of way. But uh Tina is drinking alcohol. Uh Hank is apparently is a bit of a straight edge uh as opposed to high school where I guess it was it's implied that he's a bit of a, a wild guy. So they argue after they're done arguing, they show a scene where a boat dumps toxic waste into the ocean, which lands on a sunken ship and the skull of a dead sailor, which transforms, well, it says slowly, I didn't think it was slowly at all, into a half-human, half-fish monster. That looks like it has hot dogs coming out of its mouth. I was going to go with cigars, but yeah, the, the imagery is there. <laughs> yeah, now, during the, cor- during the course of while all this is happening... You have the party on the beach. Yes. With music by the Del, Del Airs. And I couldn't really find anything on the Del Airs, but. Eh. Well, I, I tell you, it's, uh, it's, it, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit, but it sort of wants to be both a beach party movie and a horror movie at the same time. Ah, but you see, it was, it was billed during the trailer as a horror musical or horror monster musical or something like that okay well that, that, that implies the monsters are singing the, the way that's said yeah okay they had music going through the whole thing including what apparently is a holy grail for uh monster movie fans what's that the zombie stomp the zombie stomp <laughs> nobody can seem to find a copy of the zombie stomp just the song okay well I, they have all the dialogue going through in that, but well, any any good editor could uh, probably EQ that out. But um, it, it was interesting to say the least. <laughs> so, so you got the party going on with the Del Airs. Uh, the party catches the attention of the motorcycle gang, who uh, are all wearing sunglasses, of course. And except he, for the leader, who I believe is named Mike. Yeah. Well, he well. Okay, he's got his sunglasses when they first arrive, and then he takes them off almost immediately. Everybody else keeps theirs on. Ah, okay, I couldn't see that. I left my sunglasses upstairs. Yeah, they're they're kind of under, like, a dock or a pier or something like that, and, yeah, he takes his off right away. Uh, the aforementioned Tina starts flirting with uh, Mike, the leader, while Hank talks with this blonde girl named Elaine, who is the, the requisite good girl. Yes, and she is the daughter of a scientist that Hank is working with. Yes, Doctor Gavin, and she she also, uh, boy, I'd love to get, I'd love to get a copy of this uh, for the soundtrack. Uh, she's actually the subject of one of the songs by the Del Airs. Elaine, I I was just wondering if you were going to try to do that one. Oh no, I, I couldn't. It, it was just like you know, it, this is how how tired I am lately. It took me to the second time they did the song before I realized that that was her name, too. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it kind of hit me at some point. I don't remember when it was. It's like, oh, okay, Elaine, I get it. Anyway, Hank tries to take Tina away, but Mike, of course, starts a fight with him because that's what you do on the beach in Connecticut. Now they never said it was Connecticut. Yes, they did. Oh, they did? Oh, my gosh, yes. Oh, I must have missed that. At one point, they're looking at a map, and they show New England. Okay, then I stand corrected. Not only that... I must have went for a snack. <laughs> but you missed so much. No, here's what I think is so funny is that it's supposed to be Connecticut, and it's April. 
because when the doctor's taking his notes later, he specifically says it's April. It's like, dude, April, the beach, Connecticut, like in Cleveland in April, we're making snowmen. <laughs> yeah, I can remember a couple times it's been snowing on opening day. Absolutely. So uh, that totally slays me. But no, they, d- they don't really try to uh, pretend that it's California, but it's literally the only beach movie I've ever seen that takes place on the East Coast. So Okay. And I've seen... I think I've seen all but almost one of them, which, God, that's a sad fact. You ever see Back to the Beach? Oh, the with Frankie and Ed, the, the reunion movie? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I was just checking. Yeah. That's, uh, that's somewhere up there in the cobwebs, fighting to stay down. Anyway. Hey, now, Dick, Dick Dale was in it. He, was he really? God, it's been years since I saw it. He did that. a uh, duet with uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan on Pipeline. Oh, nice. It's on YouTube somewhere. Oh, i got to go see that. Anyway, uh, now this is a neat little part. Uh, Hank and Mike basically kind of kick each other's ass all over the beach. And uh, Hank wins, but after the fight, Mike basically walks over and shakes his hand. Yeah. Which, which I was like, okay. that And, you know, this, this proves again, once again, that guys and girls have a different code. Because girls will hate each other till the day they die on their deathbed. They they will hate people, whereas guys will knock the crap out of each other and then go buy each other a beer. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think there was an episode of uh, some show like that, and I don't remember what it was. Yeah. So Tina tries to apologize to Hank, but he's not hearing it, so he leaves. Mike is then taken home by his gang. Now, while they're all still partying on the beach... Tina decides to go for a swim out to some rocks far away from the beach, whereupon she is attacked by the monster. Yep, and, you know, we've spoken in the past about indelible images. Yes. I remember watching this movie several times when I was growing up. Okay. And just the image of the attack and just the fact that it's shot in black and white and they show, like, her leg and her foot with the blood just running down it. Right. For some reason, that just imprinted in my brain. Now, let me ask you this. Do you, do you feel this was a, a budget move, kind of like you know George Romero deliberately shot Night of the Living Dead in black and white because chocolate syrup in black and white looks more realistic blood than blood does in color? I think they were trying real hard not to be, not to be what would later be the hammer flicks. Ah, okay, yeah. That's my personal opinion. No, I, I actually buy that because, yeah, Hammer was always so over the top with the blood, blood, more blood. It was, right. It was a exactly. gore fest. And Tasteful I think, gore fest, but a gore fest nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, you know, okay, people had to, they made people sign releases when they saw this in the movie it was out there with. But There was a lot of gimmickry like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Almost like a William Castle thing. Yeah. But. Uh, oh, yeah, know, that's true. Yeah, Castle was even worse at that type of thing. Yeah, but I think if it would have been in color. It would not have translated as well. Okay. It would have been, as you called it, a gore fest. Right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, she her her body basically washes up on shore, and uh, it's kind of a funny reaction shot because, you know, you see all the, all the teenagers going to sea, but then, like, the, the image that kind of stayed with me for a little bit was, like, this fat woman grabbing her kids and dragging them towards the body. <laughs> well, you know, here's the other thing. Okay, the thing... The thing kills her. She goes down into the water. It did not take her very long at all to get to shore. 
Yeah, which considering, you know, she's dead, I mean, it took her, I think it arguably took her less time to float there than it did for her to swim out to the rocks in the first place. Yeah, I don't even think the Del Air finished the songs that they were doing. No, no, they were, they were still, because I think, I think, well, I could be wrong, but I think the song, last song they were doing just kind of faded out all of a sudden because everyone's doing the, oh, look. Anyway, so big commotion there. Elaine worries about Hank since Tina's death and is reassured by her father, Dr. Gavin. Um, now you have the, now I'm going to use a term here that is not racist. It is it is documented and it is part of uh, creative writing. Uh, the housekeeper of Dr. Gavin, Eula Bell, which, again, this is not a racist term, uh, she's, she sort of winds up playing the, the magical Negro type of uh, stereotype. Ah, uh, because she starts talking about the living dead and the voodoo and all that stuff. Yeah, and she's, she's so much wiser than everybody else uh, in the movie, and she suggests that some kind of voodoo is responsible for Tina's death, which is really kind of funny because they keep, after that, they keep referring to these things as zombies, and actually that's the more accurate term if if it were voodoo cuz that's where the term zombie actually originated in voodoo culture right i mean and they did make a comment at one point that these things kind of technically are the living dead yeah because they're they're reanimated skeletons basically with yeah. with nuclear waste which okay I, I, and again before i forget really they put nuclear waste and they have a cork in it Really? Well, I, mean, I, I realize that that speeds the plot line along, but I'm I'm sitting there going, "There's so much in this movie. This is this is such a Plan Nine type of movie. It's like it's almost it's almost okay. fun to poke the 55, holes." Fifty-five gallon drums, like of uh, machine oil or that. Right. They do have a place on the top because sometimes they put a pump or something on there. Well, I, now, I understand that, but if it were radioactive waste, why wouldn't you have it sealed? And well, answer, because then, then we'd have no movie. Well, why would they be dumping it where they were dumping it, too? Well, okay. Point made. But again, you know, it's the whole, we wouldn't have a movie otherwise. Right. But so, anyway. So Dr. Gavin refuses to believe uh, the whole voodoo thing. And uh, now, later that night, Elaine cancels going to a slumber party with her friends. Now, the monsters, suddenly we have more than one. They're, they're, I think at one point there's probably about, what, five or six of them at least? Maybe more? Uh, I can remember counting three for sure. Maybe, I don't know. It, I, well, there were only two monster suits, so. Okay. All right, I, I'll come back to that in a second. <laughs> no, no I, I have a point with that. Okay, so these girls are at their slumber party. They're they're singing like this really weird, like uh, kind of feminist song, which uh, something about womankind and I vaguely remember the song. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but it it seems pretty. Uh, let's see now, when, what year did this come out in? Nineteen sixty four. Yeah, it it seems very uh, actually almost early for the whole uh, you know burn your bra women's lib feminism uh, well Dell Tenney if nothing else was an innovator uh, this was kind of a provocative uh, little scene I mean outside of the you know titillation of, of, of a slumber party but uh, there's not much revealed there but yeah they're they're singing some sort of this this like I said, this weird feminist type of uh, women's lib type song really weird 
But I must have blocked it out and thought they were singing Kumbaya or something. It's that type of a song in, t- in terms of uh, everybody singing along, but all the girls know this song, so I, I get the impression they all know it from their sorority or what have you. That's possible. But anyway, so now the girls are all, all have, uh, have it on good authority that the Kai Sai fraternity is going to crash their, uh, their little slumber party. So they have a, I think, a bucket of water or something. Yes, I believe it was a bucket of water. Yeah, and basically the uh, the monsters come in, and again, for a black and white movie, uh, it shows them basically tearing into the girls, and it's it's pretty much on a level of Night of the Living Dead type gore. I mean, they really, they really rake them up pretty good. Yeah, and again, if it had been shot in color, it... It wouldn't have been quite as effective, I don't think. It it would have been too over the top. It's actually, like I said, there's there's so much to pick apart in this movie, and yet I like this movie. That's that's the part I can't get away from. I know I've well after I had gotten the movie originally from Netflix, I watched it probably twice, and I think I watched it once in preparation for this. Okay, so I got it from Netflix maybe four months ago. Okay, and. I've probably watched it three, four times since then. Okay. I haven't seen... Last time I saw this was... And I'll, this is just my little personal experience with it. Uh, 1978. I We're located here in the greater Cleveland area. As you know, I was originally born in uh, the San Francisco area. In 78, I went with my mother to visit relatives for you know a couple weeks. And I wound up staying... I did an overnight uh, sleepover by my cousin's house, and we were all excited that Horror of Party Beach was going to be on the late show. And, you know, we're, again, I'm like 12, 13, so we're, okay. we're all excited about staying up to watch the cool monsters. And it's, ni- it, it's nice that they really they show the, the creature being formed, like, right away. But then they don't show anything of the creature for like 20 minutes. And it actually it got so boring for me as a kid, I actually fell asleep in the middle of it. And I wound up waking up like right at, right toward uh, like the last 15, 20 minutes. So this was... Okay. Watching this for preparation was actually the first time I'd seen the whole thing all the way through. So that's my, okay. li- my little personal. Anyway, so getting back to our, our slumber party... Uh, otherwise known as Slumber Party Massacre. Oh, wait, that's a different movie. Um, so news spreads about, okay, something is killing young girls. Now, the next sequence, they show these three female travelers. Uh, they're coming through their town on their way to New York. Now, they get a flat tire while going past Fingal's Quarry, which I love that name. Yeah, now, the way they played these these uh, ladies up, you weren't quite sure if they were uh criminal element trying to get away from something or if they were just kind of going to new york they they all had heavily pretty much had heavy brooklyn accents so right right there that's kind of a stereotype of uh you know they're all talking like this i'm gonna go out and look around it's like yeah young girl in the woods yeah you go look around honey let's see what happens to you yeah how's that working out for you yeah um now while attempting to fix the tire they are killed by the monsters I really had thought one of them escaped by uh I thought trunk. so too. Didn't she like lock herself in the trunk or yeah, something? Yeah, it looked like she locked herself in the trunk, which I, would have made me think she survived. Yeah. Well, unless she suffocated and they just didn't come back to it. But I I'm sitting there like 
I actually rewound like about 15, 20 minutes of it for like, am I, uh, did, did I miss a plot point where like they found her and yeah, they just never came back to that. They actually should have, they actually should have cut that part out and it would have made a lot more sense. Well, you know, they, that B movie like this, part of a double feature, you're not looking for a whole lot of sense. You're looking for a little bit yeah, of escape. They, well, plus two, they're they're probably not so much editing as hey, how can we expand this thing so it fills an hour and a half? Because I think it timed in at eight, hour eighteen minutes, something like that. That's right, hour and eighteen minutes. And if Peter Jackson got a hold of it, it'd be four freaking hours. But Peter anyway. Jackson does horror party beach. I would pay money to see that. <laughs> so, all right, now the next sequence is one of the monsters stalks two girls in town, or who are going to town. Now, they're picked up right before the monster is about to pounce on him, and he, he basically does the the monster equivalent of, damn, I was so close. <laughs> yeah. I see him stamp his, stamp his foot on the ground. And like, so he goes into town, and he notices a clothing store with female mannequins on display, breaks the glass with a punch, and its, its forearm basically gets severed from the rest of him as a result. So this arm is now studied by Dr. Gavin and Hank. The arm is still alive, and they can't figure out how to kill it. Now, Eulabelle, the aforementioned uh, magical N-word. The magical the magical servant. Yes. Oh, I like that. That's even better. And, he, and actually more racist, if you think about it. So, um... She spills a container of sodium. Now, not salt, as, as sodium has come to mean, but the actual right. metal sodium. Which they just happen to have a beaker of right there. Yes, even though it looks like water the way they have it. But that spills on it, and the whole thing basically goes up in flames and kind of dehydrates in a matter of, like, about two seconds. Kind of cool effect. A very cool effect, and, and I love the fact that they're so excited about how she's kind of revealed how to kill the monster and she's sort of apologizing like I didn't mean to do it <laughs> well right leading up to that you have like your stock B movie uh, scene too everybody's standing around the object that they're studying in like the half dark yeah trying to figure out what the hell's going on yeah it's like really we can't afford lights in the lab come on Budget cuts are one thing, but that's I'm trying to think there was something else I watched not that long ago that did the exact same thing uh, that I think it's just the, those movies from the 50s and 60s were just so poorly lit compared with nowadays. So I, I think it's just the way it looks. I don't think I think you're supposed to kind of suspend your disbelief about how well lit it would actually be. So, okay, I'll buy that. Anyway, moving forward. So meanwhile, a drunk, the only male victim shown, is killed by another monster. That, that that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie because okay. because the the two guys that are drunk are really drunk and uh they're they're just hysterical uh, I, yeah and if i'm not mistaken weren't they going to hop in one of the cars and drive somewhere uh yeah and then they they find the one guy now it's a weird part because they this guy is basically behind the wheel and he's staring straight forward now the guy the, the drunk must be able to see his face and it isn't until he kind of nudges the guy, the guy goes toward toward the camera, and now you see that half of his face is, like, eaten away or clawed or whatever. So, yeah, they now that's another victim. So they're Dr. 
Dr. Gavin and Hank are searching for the location of the monsters, and after discovering that the monsters can be tracked by their trail of radioactive water, Hank drives to New York City to obtain sodium because there's a chemical place in New York City that's the only possible where they can get this, this sodium. Okay, now here is my problem with that particular sequence. Okay. Okay, they obviously know what the problem is. They know what the solution to the problem is. Okay. But they keep showing all these headlines from what is apparently the only newspaper in town. Yeah, the Tribune. Yeah, and, you know, it's like day after day after day. Why did he wait until that moment to go get the sodium? You know, I was kind of wondering about that, and I... To me, it almost seemed like they were just playing the same, the same headline in the same newspaper, just in different locations in town. Oh, that, okay. But ma- maybe I don't know if that's exactly how it played well, out I or mean, what they many, meant. To. As many victims as they kept writing up about, you would have thought somebody would have done something a little bit earlier than that. Yeah, but you know, you had you had Eulabel come and save the day, so we had to wait for her to get in the mix. Yeah, of course. You know, as soon as they knew that that was going to take care of it, you would think that they'd turn around and go get as much sodium as they could as fast as they could. Yeah. If only we weren't doing this in the middle of the night <laughs> in a dimly lit lab. That's true. <laughs> so initially, um, Dr. Gavin has no luck in finding the monsters. They keep going from place to place trying to run the Geiger counter through all the water. Now, Eulabel tells him that Elaine went to look for the monsters at Fingal's Quarry. Again, love that name. Now, I wonder if they have uh, little tiny fruits of the vine up there. Totally not getting the joke. Dingleberries. <laughs> that 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 wasn't worth the setup, I don't think. Well, um, anyway. They can't all be gems, folks. That I know. Hey. 99% batting record. We're all right. <laughs> so Dr. Gavin rushes off to help Elaine, bringing a small case of sodium. Well, not really. A, it's more of a like glass jar that has some in it, I think. Yeah, a couple of pieces. Yeah. Now, Elaine tests the water for radioactivity, and suddenly the monsters come bubbling up and start chasing her. She trips between two rocks and injures her leg. Again, not, it, it, it would be in color a little bit too over-the-top gory because she she really scrapes her ankle and twists it really bad. Yeah, yeah. And remember, folks, the whole falling down, twisting your ankle, this was before it all became cliché. No, I think it was right in the middle of when it became cliché. Really? Okay. Yeah. They they were setting precedents even then. So they throw sodium... Well, Dr. Gavin arrives. They throw sodium at, at the monster attacking Elaine, killing it. Now, another monster attacks, but Dr. Gavin is out of sodium and must defend his daughter himself, so he starts wrestling with the other monster. Now, Hank... Worked for everybody else. Yeah, so now Hank finally has more sodium and is stopped by a police officer who leads him back to Fingal's Quarry. Oh, is Fingal's Quarry? Fingal. Oh, I thought it was Dingle. Oh, okay. Okay. Never mind. You know, it's it's true. If you have to explain the joke, it's not funny. <laughs> so, um, well, at least it explains where it came from. Yeah, but go on. So, now here here's the part. One of the many parts that I think is weird. They they've got this sodium that Hank has from the uh, chemical company in New York City, 
Now, it basically looks like he's got it in, like, this basket type of deal. Okay. And it, it looks like he's got these little, like, packages of sodium. Like, they're little hand grenades made out of sodium. I was thinking snowballs. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But it's just, like, shouldn't it just, like, be powder and stuff? But he's got these little packs that he throws at them. And some cool, ex- you know, about six cool explosions later, the monsters are all dead. Yeah, and then if I remember right, we cut to the professor's house the next day. Hank wants to go see Elaine. Um, They apparently have gotten, or he decides that Elaine's the one for him, and we go with the song. Yeah, good thing his old girlfriend got killed, right? (laughs) You know, that's (laughs) something else that kind of bothered me. She got killed, and it couldn't have been that long ago. Yeah. He got over her pretty damn quick. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. It's like, oh, okay. Well, well she was drinking. So, but so, still, she was dead to him anyway because she was drinking. Put the booze away. What 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 lesson do we learn here, kids? Yes, it's it's not horror from Party Beach. It's a cautionary tale. That's right. Don't drink near sea monsters. <laughs> and if you try to drink and drive, one of the horror of Party Beach monsters will get you. That's right. But uh, I love how the fact that just as she's waking up, there's a news story about how they um, they got the monsters the night before. It's like, really? It took that long to, to make the announcement? And just as she's waking up. So I got- well, keep in mind, this is the time before uh, CNN and all that. So you didn't have the constant, uh, although that would be kind of big news in that area. Yeah, I mean it's it's basically a sleepy little coastal town, so you you would think that would be pretty much uh, on the hot wire, so to speak. But yeah, it's like the next morning, and and of course, uh, Elaine. I can't do it, but uh, that's what's playing. I'm on the not radio. even going to try. Gives anyway, a, gives Adele airs one last little sh- shot on the screen. Yeah, I, I thought I thought they were highly entertaining in their own way. They were the one guitar player reminds me of somebody that I. Uh, Actually, we both do quite a long time ago. The the guy with the glasses? Yeah. Larry West? I was going to say Frank Augustino because he had kind of the same... Uh, I don't remember Frank ever uh, having glasses. No, not the glasses. He just had all the teeth. Oh, the te- oh yeah. Oh, definitely Frank. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but anyway... Hopefully you're not listening to this, Frank. <laughs> I think we just lost maybe one of our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> We'll have, okay. to, we'll have to mention him in the Facebook. And if you're if you're Frank Augustino and you're reading this, listen to. <laughs> Anywho, okay. So I guess now would be the time. Uh, well, I guess final thought or any other thoughts you had to share. Well, um, again, th- to me, this was kind of along the lines of Plan Nine from Outer Space. It's it's so bad it's good. I mean, it's the, the special, with the exception of the gore, which I, I actually kind of thought was well done. The the monsters themselves are so damn ridiculous looking. They they look like kind of like creature from Black Lagoon is entering a hot dog eating contest or something. How many can you shove in your mouth at once? Well, and add to that, I mean, the little ping pong balls they had for eyes. You know, these see them. See him kind of popping out at different points in that. Yeah, I, you almost you almost half expect to hear like the air horn going. Aruga. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, the the effects are cheesy. The whole the whole dance party beach uh, sequence 
is just cringeworthy to the max. But yet, there's there's just it's one of those movies that's got its charm, and uh, yeah. I found I found myself digging it. I I really I was kind of wanting to not like it, and I found myself liking it in spite of that. I think uh, it. I think you're right. It does have some uh, charm, and I really think that anybody that hasn't seen this movie, you know, listeners, listen, listen to me. See this movie. Yes. Okay, now it's time for our ratings. Okay, I'm going to put this like our, our, I know I ask this every week, one of our many traditions. All right, what's the top, top rating? Is it crap? Craptacular. And oh. then you have craptastic. Um, or as you said, craptastic. <laughs> yeah, craptastic. I'll say craptastic. Not quite craptacular, but it's uh, a, a cra- at least a crap fest. Oh, absolutely! I think we should use Crap Fest like as as like a middle ground. Okay, that, but uh, I would say that uh, I'm going to have to go Craptastic mainly because it did manage to it did manage to keep my attention as it was going. Like I said, it's got its weird little charms. It's it's I keep coming back to that word. It's for on paper, it sounds like the most ridiculous thing in the world. You know, a, a horror beach movie. It's just a charming little movie. It's done on a low budget, obviously. It's ridiculously dated, and the performances are not great, and yet it all just kind of comes together like, okay, I, I would see this again. And what what greater praise can you give to a movie than you would see it again? Yep. It's just a big old slab of Elvita. Um, yes. So, anyway. After the microwave. Anyway, our film for next time is... Let me find the list here. I just had it. Here we go. No, that's the wrong one. Is it Daimajin? Yes, it is Daimajin. Hey, I remembered. Awesome. Yeah, I just had it written. Yeah, Daimajin. And after that one... I believe we talked about uh, doing a Hammer movie. Yes, we have two listed here. One I don't have, so we'll go with Revenge of Frankenstein. Okay. Peter Cushing. All right, I'll have to... I'll have to get a copy of that one. Shouldn't be any problem. Okay. And if they want to get a hold of us as far as sending us an email, how would they do that? Okay. They can reach us at secretlayerpodcast at gmail.com. And our web presence? Secretlayerpodcast.blogspot.com. Okay. And so for the Secret Layer Drive-In... This is D-Dub and Stratosphere saying, go watch a B-movie and why? Because these movies won't watch themselves. Later, folks. Bye, kids. Gee, that was a swell movie. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. Oh, no.
healthy? I don't know. I've never been... You've never been kissed? No, I've never been sick. 